You are tuning into the True North Church Podcast. Our prayer is that you would be inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more information about True North Church, please visit us online at truenorthak.org. Well, good morning, True North Church. How's everybody doing today? Wow, come on, you guys can do better than that. Good morning, True North Church. There you go. We got to do that because we need to welcome some special guests that are joining us. We have an online audience at, uh, every week here at the 1030 gathering. So can we welcome our online audience this morning? Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to connect with you. Send us a text or a message there as you're watching and joining us. Hey, my name's Matt. I'm one of the pastors. If you don't know me, because it, it's probably because it's been a minute since I've had the opportunity to, uh, to share again over here at uh, Airport Way. I'm normally over at College Road, and so I've been able to come and uh, uh, share with you guys a couple times here. How many enjoy the frost in the air, huh? You guys excited? <laughs> Boo. Yeah, you saw the, that snow is in the forecast, right? It is officially in there. And so we knew it was coming. Hey, we had a pretty good run, guys. It was a good run. We did better than last year, right? Um, as we kick off, I, uh, I want to remind you of a couple things that are coming up. Uh, one of those is uh, there is an election coming. Now, um, it's not the one in November, but there's actually local elections, elections October 4th. And I may, I may believe it's, a, it's important for us to vote. In fact, it's very important for us to vote our values. And I heard a stat that if a pastor in church asks you to go out and vote, 85% of those who raise their hand will actually do it. So let me see. Who will go and vote this next week or on October 4th? Let me see your hands. I'm waiting until everyone raises their hands. So I do want to encourage you that uh, to go out there and vote. And so we have a, a voter guide out there for you, just that uh, the candidates had asked some questions that uh, you can maybe see if they align with what your, your values are. And you'll see a, a brief video at the end of this gathering as well from Pastor Mark to tell you a little bit more about that. But uh, I'm excited to be here with you today. We just finished up a, a long series we had before this. And uh, our next series next week, I'm super excited about it. It's called The Miracle of Mercy. And how many agree that that we need a lot more mercy going on in our society today, right? We got a, such a divided society, divided nation, divided workplaces, and so we're going to learn more and more about what it means to be merciful to other people. There are some of you in this room, you're not very good at mercy. <laughs> Look at your neighbor, in fact, no, I'm just kidding, you don't even know them. Don't do that. That's not very merciful. But listen, you, 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 we're going to learn that there's a story behind everybody and the way that they behave and they act. That person that maybe drives you nuts at work or, or maybe that neighbor, there's a story perhaps why they interact with you in that kind of way. And, and so we're going to learn more about how we can be merciful to those people because the end goal is this, is that they come to know that God uh, loves them and that he was merciful towards them when he sent his son, Jesus Christ. But today, we're going we're gonna to wrap up our, our filler series, if you will, just two weeks called Connecting with My Pocket of People. Now, it's a, it's a filler series in between here. Let me just help you explain this. It's not just a filler series in, as far as, hey, we weren't really sure what else to talk about, so let's just talk about this. No, actually, it was by design. It was on purpose. We wanted to share with you the importance of you connecting with your pocket of people. And you probably noticed there's a little bit of a, a blue army out there. I feel like Superman right now. Uh, but there's a blue army out there that's uh, ready to sign you up. We'll talk more about that. But it's important because here at True North, here's what we believe. Believe that the home plate of our spiritual formation 
The home plate of our discipleship, this is incredibly important, is right here within our groups. It's important for us to be connected to other people so that we can grow and be all that God has called us to be. And so so everything that we do flows in and out of, of these groups. And it's not a program, guys. This isn't a program that you attend or that you go to. It's a path. It's a path to become all that God has called you to be. So we all need to grow and and find a group, and and in these groups we can grow. And here's what happens in a group. In fact, we shared this. I'll I'll give you a little bit of recap. If you weren't here last week, we we started this. But, But here's what we read from in Romans 12. Here's what happens in a group. It says this, the Apostle Paul's talking. He says, since we are all one body in Christ, say one, we're not two, we're not three, we're not four. We're one body in Christ. This is so incredibly important. One of the most important things that we can show the rest of the world is that we are unified in Christ. Can I get an amen on that? It's important for the rest of the world watching in to know that we actually like each other. It's kind of important, right? And so as we're talking about we're one body in Christ, we belong to each other, each of us has needs, uh, and each of us needs all the others, In fact, in 1 Corinthians 12, the Apostle Paul, he describes for us what this body of Christ looks like. He he says some of us are hands, some of us are are, are feet, and some of us are are, are legs, or some of us are, oh, we don't go there, but but we're all different parts of the body, right? We're parts of the body of Christ, and that what happens is this, is when we come together there's a supply that that happens. There's an exchange. We, We give something, and we gain something. We, we contribute, and then we get to consume from that other person. And so, so there's a supply that happens between one to another. The key to everything in life in, in, our, in our growth is relationships. How many know relationships can make you or they can break you? How many remember that friend from high school that got you in trouble all the time? You know what I'm talking about? Maybe you were that friend. That's why your hand's not up. You were the one that got your friends in trouble. But, but, but they, they can make you or break you, right? And they're, they're the key to all of life, not just spiritual growth. But, but they're so important of the people that we surround ourselves with here in this life. And, and people arrive at their destiny and their purpose in life as a result of the relationships that they place around them. And so there are no self-made believers. You can't become all that God's called you to be by just doing it all by yourself. We need the people around us. So we learn in these rows right here, right? But we grow together in our circles. And, and so there's a supply and, there's, a, and there, there's, a, there's something we gain and that we give. There's a, there's a spiritual supply chain. How many have noticed in the grocery stores that now when you go, that there are entire sections with nothing there. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's like, where in the world are my chicken biscuits? They're usually right here, and I cannot find them. Nobody wants to, to hang out with me. I don't got my chicken biscuits. You know what I'm saying? And so, so we, we see that nowadays where, where the supply chain's all messed up, right? And it used to be where there was never an empty spot. They would even bring things forward. You remember that when it used to be like that? And they would turn it to where the label's nicely facing out like that now. And, and so now, though, it's just like there's entire sections where there's nothing there. And, and for us, for you and I, there's a spiritual supply chain that happens when you and I, when we connect together, that you have something to give and you have something to gain from each other. And so Paul, he describes for us what this supply chain looks like in Ephesians 4. We read this last week. It says this, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by every joint, every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share 
and it causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. In other words, he, Christ, he makes this all fit together pretty good. You know, you may think you're pretty good, but we're all, you know, a work in progress. And, and what happens is this. He makes you and I look really good when we connect together the way that we're supposed to together. He says the whole body fits together. Watch this. Each part does its own special work and it helps the other parts grow. That's what happens. And the whole body becomes healthy and growing and full of love. So we all, we all share in this. We all share in this supply. In fact, last week we... Um, we actually shared with you a math equation, and in fact, hey, Dan, will you throw that to me? I, I left my Lego down there. I know, I know you guys love uh, playing Logos. Anybody like playing with the Legos? Um, but we gave you this math, math uh, equation. It's this, that, that the container, uh, there's the body of Christ. It's a container, right? And what's in that container? The contents are Christ. So you and I were parts of the body and we contain something. We contain Christ. And what happens is when those connect together, there's a supply that happens between you and I. It, it, it's, it's so important that when we connect together, there's something spiritual that happens, that God intended it for it to happen, that it doesn't happen when you're by yourself. In fact, that last, uh, that last plus sign, we could actually change it to a, to a multiplication sign because here's what I know. When we connect together, there's something exponentially powerful that happens in Christ. There's something that, that, that makes our life better. I make you better. Say amen. You better say amen to that. And then you make me better. We make each other better. And so we don't, we don't want our spiritual supply chain to look like some of those grocery stores, right? We, we need, we need the, the shelves of God's glory to be full in our lives so that we can forecast that to a world who needs to know who Jesus is. If there's anybody who understood this truth, it's the Apostle Paul. In fact, uh, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. You've probably heard that before. But before he was Paul, he was Saul. And, and how many have that before I met Jesus story? How many, how many have one of those stories, right? You don't know the, the old map, but I, I was a little different. And, and many of us have that different story. This was the Apostle Paul, where we're reading these scriptures from Romans and Ephesians and Corinthians. And the Apostle Paul, he, he, before he met Jesus, his life wasn't the best. He, he, was, he was very dogmatic about what he believed, but he was actually throwing Christians in jail. He was, he was even um, uh, setting it up to where they would even be executed at times. And so this was one bad dude. But then all of a sudden, and we read this in Acts chapter 9, uh, on the road to Damascus, Paul's going down. His name was Saul at the time. And Jesus is like, dude, what are you doing, man? You're messing up. This isn't the way I want you to live. And, and he encounters Christ. And what happens is he actually becomes physically blind as a result. And he was already spiritually blind. But what happens is then while he's blind, God calls upon Ananias. And he says, Ananias, you've got a supply that Paul needs. I need you to go to Paul and I need you to pray for him. So Ananias, he goes, he's like, I don't, I don't like Paul. I'm, not, I, I'm afraid of him actually. So he goes and he, he prays for Paul and uh, the scales literally fall off his eyes. See, see Paul, Paul's life was changed because of some of the relationships around him. And then as those scales fall off, he begins to see the way that he's supposed to see, right? And then nobody else wants to hang out with him, especially the disciples, because they know his reputation, right? They know who he was before Christ. So Barnabas, we read in the scriptures, though, he takes him in, he befriends him. And so from there, uh, so his life in Christ begins to take off. 
But see, there's even more than that. In fact, I want to read for you in Romans chapter 16, and we're going to see how Paul ends this letter to the, to the Romans. Now, I'm going to butcher a lot of these names. I'm just going to tell you right off the bat. But it's important, and there's a reason why I'm reading you these names in, these, in this passage of Scripture. You can follow along up here on the screen. But here's what it says. It says, again, this is the Apostle Paul. It says, I commend you to our sister Phoebe, who is a deacon in the church in Centria, something like that. Welcome her in the Lord as one who is worthy of honor among God's people. Help her in whatever she needs, for she has been helpful to many and especially to me. It goes on and says, give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they once risked their lives for me, and I'm thankful to them. It goes on later on and says, greet my friend Epinetus, and he was the first person from the province of Asia, and he became a follower of Christ. Give my greetings to Mary. I sure like that one. That's a good one right there. Who has worked so hard for your benefit. Greet Andronicus and, and Junia, who would later start a, a chain of stores called Orange Julius, and my fellow Jews who were in prison with me. They are highly respected among the apostles, and they became followers of Christ before I did. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Keith Urban, us, and our co-worker, some of you will get that, in Christ, and my dear friend Statius, and greet Apelles, a good man who Christ approves. Uh, and, and he goes on, give my greetings to Aristobulus, Greet Herodian. Greet the, the Lord's people from the household of, of, of Narcissus, which watch out for him. He's full of himself. But give my greetings to Tryphena and Tryphosa. Can you believe somebody named their kids that? <laughs> Tryphena and Tryphosa. The Lord's workers and to, to the dear Persis who has worked so hard for the Lord. Greet, greet Rufus, who is my, my dear brother from the deep south, who the Lord picked out to be his very own and his dear mother who has been mother to me. Give my greetings to Asynchronitis to Phlegon and Hermes and Petrobus, Hermes. You guys getting the point yet? I'm going to keep reading, though. Give my greetings to Philologus, Julia, Nereus, Olympus, and, and, and greet each other with a sacred kiss. And if I missed anyone, greet all of them. Just give everybody a good kiss and greet them all. And what I want you to get from this passage of Scripture is Paul lists 27 people by name. These are people who changed his life. These are people who impacted his life. The Apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, had a pocket of people he could call by name. What was Paul saying? He says, I am. He says, we are. You are. We are a, a sum of the relationships around us in our life. Where you go in life depends on who you surround yourself with. It's important to have those right people around you. The kingdom of God operates through community. Paul can name 27 people. Who are the people in your life? Can you name some people? Who are the ones that are your pocket of people that you know are the ones, as we're talking about the importance of this, who will walk with you and watch with you and the important things and work with you? And that's important. In fact, all the scriptures and the truths of God's words, uh, they're, they, they, they're, they mean nothing without the, without the context of relationships. Think about this for a minute. We can study, we can go to church all day long, we can learn stuff all day long in God's words, but, but how many of you know, um, how do we know if we're getting better at, say, grace or mercy or patience? How do we know if we're getting better unless it's in the context of relationships? See, I can, I'm not the best judge of myself. I can think I'm a better, more patient person, but my wife let me know just this morning I wasn't, like literally this morning, 
So I'm not the best judge of myself, and you aren't the best judge of yourself. But you know what? The people in your life can be. Your, your spouse can be. Your kids can be. Your, your coworkers and your neighbors and your pocket of people can help you to see who you're supposed to be in Christ and help us to grow in our grace and our mercy and our wisdom and all these areas where God wants us to grow. So last week, we, we started with five reasons. We gave you two. We'll wrap that up today. We gave five reasons why we need to connect with our pocket of people. And number one is this. I need a pocket of people to walk with me. We shared this last week. And we just said this. It's safer, it's supportive, and it's smarter. There's, a, there's wisdom in the multitude of counselors. Yesterday, I called one of my pocket of people. I was at Lowe's, and I was about to buy a leaf blower. And I called Jackson Cole, who's in our church, and I said, hey, Jackson, do I need to buy this? Says, Are you dumb? That's stupid. Don't buy that. He literally said, no, he didn't say that to me, but he's a little nicer. But no, he, he helped me to not make a bad decision on something I was going to buy. We have the, it's smarter, it's supportive, it's safer. Number two we said this as well last week. I need a pocket of people to walk with me. How I many you know we're all a work in progress? Every last one of us. But you, God has created you and I to be, to do good works. We are his workmanship. And then number three, here's your first one for this week, is this. I need a pocket of people to watch for me. Philippians 2 says this. Look out for one another's interests, not just for your own. In other words, be willing to get into somebody else's world. Listen, I know it can get messy. I know it takes time, but be willing to do that because it's the way that God designed us for that supply chain that we need. And how many of you know we all have blind spots in our lives, right? We all have things that we don't necessarily know about ourselves or see about ourselves. I mean, you ever been in front of a crowd of people and your, your fly was down and they let you know that? You know, if, if mine was down right now, well, hopefully you can't see, but I would hope that you would let me know, hey, Pastor Matt, your fly is down, right? How many of you know we like it when someone can let us know a good friend, a real friend tells you you got food in your teeth, right? Come on, somebody. If you've got a tail light out or if you've got a, a, a headlight out, it's nice for someone to, to let you know as you're flashing, you hit your flat, you know, because you got the high beams on, right? But, but listen, we like it. We need that in every age and stage of life. There are areas and blind spots that we have that we need to have, especially like when we're younger, right? When we're teenagers. I mean, I remember when I was in sixth grade, man, I thought this girl that I had in my life, she was, she was the one I was going to marry. She's the one I was going to be with for the rest of my life. And so we had t-shirts made <laughs> because my mom had a t-shirt machine and, and mine said, I'm Tiffany's and hers says, I'm Matt's. And we wore them to school. Come on, I needed somebody in my life to tell me, don't do that. Why did my mama let me do that? I don't know why, but we all have blind spots in our life, and we need to make sure that we surround ourselves with some people that can help us out and not making those mistakes, right? And so Hebrews 13, 1 says this, keep being concerned about each other as the Lord's followers should. We should be concerned for one another. We should be looking out and watching for each other. And we simply can't do that in a large group. We can't do that when this room right here is pretty full and out there that parking lot's full. And so we love you guys, but we try to get you out of here because we got to get it ready for the next gathering. And we can't do, we can't really watch out for each other in this large group setting, but we can do it in a group. We can do it in a small group and do it in a life group. And more importantly, we have to watch 
out for each other because there's an enemy, Satan. He goes about roaring like a lion. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And the way, and he's not like it's not like this cartoon character, especially when you see around Halloween or some. It's real. He comes to attack us and he, and he lures us in with things like habits that, that you can't break. And he, 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 he causes hurts in our life that we won't allow to be healed and, and gets our, our hearts at odds with other people where we don't want to give mercy. And that's what the, the enemy does in our life and that pocket around us can help us to see when those things start to pop up in our lives. And that's why we need that. We've got two different main types of groups. We've got our life groups that help us grow, but we have care groups that help us heal. And help us to, to then grow after we've had that healing process. Listen to Ecclesiastes 4, what it says. It says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three or even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Write this down in your notes. My pocket of people is God's answer to defeat. You ever feel defeated and alone? And when we're alone, that's when the enemy likes to attack the most, right? But listen, when we got a group around us, he can't penetrate that. He can't bring us down because we got that group around us. Ephesians 4.10 says, if one person falls, then another can reach out and help. But people who are alone when they fall are in real trouble. You've been there before? And, and, and how, how, many, how many of you work out in here? Let me see your hands. All right, all three of us, that's great. <laughs> so any of those, let's just pretend you work out, right? Guys especially. You ever tried to bench press and you didn't have a spotter? You should have. You know what I'm talking about, right? You got one of two options at that point. I mean, you're like, oh, I got this. And you're like, oh, no, I don't got this. And so one option is if you didn't put the little bands at the end, you just do this little ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and then ding, ding, you know, that's not real safe, right? Or the other thing is you just, you let it come down and you're like rolling it. Nobody's watching, right? Because we care more about whether someone's watching than if we're dying. So we kind of roll that all the way down. And, and we, need, we need a spotter, right, in life. And, and, you know, what happens, though, what happens when the weight of the world starts to crush us? When, when it's depression or, or maybe drugs or, or divorce or discouragement? What happens when it's too much weight for us and we don't have a spotter in our lives? See, we need that to help us lift that weight off our lives. When we have a group, others can spot us and watch for us. Number four is this. I need a pocket of people to wait and to weep with me. And this one, this one's so important. And, and I'm going to explain it a little bit better here in a minute. But listen, in the inevitable tragedies and difficulties in life, because we know this, it's not a matter of if, but it is a matter of when. When we walk through difficult times, we've got to have, it's not, we don't, we don't look for them at that time and all of a sudden try to get those people close to us. We need them before it happens because they're the ones who know how to minister best to us, right? And, and, and as much as it is an honor and a privilege for me to, to walk with some of you through the tra challenges and tragedies of life, I can't do it for 1,500 people. In fact, all the pastoral staff here, there's no way we can do that for 1,500 plus people. 
But you know what? There's an army of about 64 uh, blue people out there that they said, hey, I'll lead a life group. And then within that group are going to be a bunch of ministers. We're not all called to be pastors, but we're all called to minister to one another. And within that army, we can minister to one another so that we can be there and, and, and it, that there's enough of us around to be the body of Christ, to, to supply what the other person needs, because that's what God called us and designed us to do. First Peter 3 says this. You should be like one big family, full of sympathy toward each other. Now, before you say it, you're, you might be thinking, ah, you don't know my family. We didn't have a lot of sympathy for one another, and I came from a family like that. All the more reason why you need a spiritual family, one to walk with you when you're facing those difficulties and maybe can understand what the challenges are in your life. Here's God's plan. 1 Corinthians uh, 12 says this, if one member suffers all suffer together. It reminds me of that scene. You remember that movie Backdraft from years ago? It's probably like 30 years old now. But, but it's like he's holding on to the guy. He's about to fall his, to his death, and there's a guy that's holding him, and he's like, just let me go, man, because the other guy's going to go down with him. He's like, if you go, we go, right? It's just like a powerful like, you know, picture of, of that's, that's what's going to happen. And that's really how we should be within the body of Christ whenever we supply that for one another and, and, and help us to, to be the body that we're called to be. We've all had, as we talk about all the joints supply what it needs to one another, we've all had that joint in our body that doesn't work well. I had going like this to my knee because I, I get to have surgery again this week. But, uh, but uh, you got that one knee that's not working right or that one joint. And what does it do? It impacts your whole life, doesn't it? It impacts everything that you do. And so you and I, if there's, a, if there's a part of the body that's in trouble, then the rest of us have to come and help, right? We have to come and compensate for that. First Thessalonians says this. Uh, it says, encourage each other and strengthen one another. And, and I, I know that some of you might be saying, listen, I'm not, kind of the, I'm not really the wait and weep kind of person, you know? And listen, you don't have to have all the right words to say. You don't have to be a certain personality. Sometimes it's just being present. Listen, I'll spot you. Yeah, while you're working out, I'll literally spot you. I'll be there with you. Just being present with someone, walking with them, perhaps saying an encouraging word. My pocket of people is God's answer to despair. Romans 12, 15 says, be happy with those who are happy and then weep with those who weep. And when we're walking through life and we have someone who will, who will wait and weep with us, it gets us through that season of life. Now, here's the deal. You don't go to a life group to get yourself all fixed. Now, that might happen, but we go to a life group to get the support as we grow through the season and the challenge of life. And number five is this. I need a pocket of people to witness with me. Now, to me, all of these are important, but this, this might be just the very most important one, and here's why. Because we are all called to be a, a city on a hill together. In fact, John 13, 35 says this, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. 
You already know this. You've heard it from coworkers or perhaps friends or even neighbors that, you know, I don't go to church because you guys are a bunch of hypocrites. You guys don't like each other even. You know, a lot of people think we don't like each other. We got to like each other and we can do that within a group. When we begin to show the world, not only do we like each other, that we have a support for one another, that we are a city on a hill that begins to shine bright to a world he needs to know that Jesus Christ loves them and he died for them. And that's God's design is he has, he says as the containers of Christ and we're walking around with this in our lives and as we, as we connect to one another, it's a supply that shines out to the world who needs to know that. Second Timothy 1.7 says, the Holy Spirit doesn't want you to be afraid of people, but to be wise and strong and to love them and enjoy being with them. And now listen, I get it. We are not all extroverts. In fact, let me have you raise your hand if you're an... No, I'm just kidding. You don't do that to introverts, right? (laughs) Some of you, you just don't like people. You don't like being around a a lot of people, but that's why we're talking about a smaller group of people. And and that's fine, you know? You don't have to like a lot of people. There's some of you I don't like in this room, and that's fine, you know? It's okay. But, But here's the deal, is we need to supply each other with that which God has called us to supply each other with. And when we do that, there's something special that happens where the world sees, wow, God is real. We're, we're Jesus with skin on, as we say a lot of times. Is he's not walking this earth now, but we're walking it, and we're his light as we walk around. My pocket of people is God's answer to fear in our life. You ever been afraid to tell people about Jesus? You ever been afraid to tell that coworker or even that family member uh, about your faith? It's because they know maybe everything about you. Maybe they know your past. You're just afraid. That's why you need people around you to witness with you and say, hey, would you pray with me? Because I'm praying for my coworker, and he really needs Jesus, but I don't really know what to say. Yeah, I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to be praying that God speaks through you. You're working together, struggling side by side, Philippians 1 says, to get others to believe the good news. You know, in Ezekiel 37, I love this picture that we get where, where, where God is uh, talking to the Ezekiel the prophet, and he says, hey, I want you to, I'm going to take you to this valley of what we call the Valley of Dry Bones. I want you to look over at it, and, and he sees nothing but a bunch of a dry, dead bones. And he says to the prophet, God, he says, God says to the prophet, he says, hey, can these dry bones live again? And he's like, only you know, Lord. And so he says, I want you to speak to them. I want you to get in a life group with them. I want you to do a study with them. I want you to say things to their life, and then I'm going to put my breath of life in them as well. And then watch what's going to happen. Then all of a sudden, the the bones, they started rattling, and they started coming together. And and, then the Bible says that these sinews and these muscles and these tendons and, and all this stuff started to happen to these bones that once before they were dry, They were alone, they were separated, but what happens is they come together and now all of a sudden it says that they begin to link up. And as they linked up, it became one full body and they stood up. And then it says after they stood up, it moved out like an army for God. That's what we are called to do. When we connect together and we link up like that. Romans 12, we started with this and it says this, Since we are all one body in Christ, we're one body. We don't always act like that. But what helps us to do that is when we get connected with a pocket of people who can witness with us so that we belong to each other, each of us has needs 
that we can help with all the others. You know, the goal of True North Church is not to grow a really big church. It's to grow big people. And we grow big people by growing in the circles that we form and the groups that we form. And, you know, you're not going to like us growing big if you don't grow smaller with us. I'm over at College Road all the time, and, and I get this comment quite a bit. People say, I just kind of, I love the smaller church feel. It's like, man, that's awesome. I love it too. Guess what? It's not going to be like this next year, year and a half. There's a lot of people. If you haven't seen them yet, go over to the airport way sometime. There's a lot of us. There's about 1,500 of us. But what's cool is that when we're in a, a, a smaller group, in a life group, then you can get to know a few people and you can get connected to them. And that's why it's important. You know, 30, about 30 years ago, my wife and I, we connected with our first pocket of people, newly married. We we're still living in Texas and we got to know several people and we started doing life with them. Most of us had just gotten married. In fact, a couple of us were about to be married, not even married yet. We didn't have kids, right? And then um, we started having kids together with our spouse and then, you know, at the same time. And then, <laughs> and so, and so we, we were just growing up in life together and, and we started doing the same things and then we go on some vacations together. Eventually, we got separated by states and time, but we still stayed connected. In fact, we've done holidays with some of those families as well and and they were our first pocket of people. We're still really close to them. And on Friday, we put our, our daughter on a plane. Pray for us. We just went emptiness again. And so uh, pray that uh, we still like each other, my wife and I. We do. But, uh, but we put her on the plane, right, uh, our daughter. And I, we were just, we were going to miss her, but we're excited because we're, she's going back to Texas. She hasn't lived there since she was six. She's 21 now. And now what's happening is our pocketed people, as we posted that online, is they're like, give me your number. Oh, I can't wait to meet up with her. I can't wait to see her, this and that. And most of them, they don't, she doesn't really know them. She knows of them. She might've seen them once or twice, you know, from you know, like seven where they do your cheeks. Oh, and then now, oh, wow, you're taller than me. You know, those kind of relationships over the years, but we've stayed close. We're not worried about her because she's going to our pocket of people. And we're excited about what God's gonna do in our life. So what's my motivation today as we wrap up? Unapologetically, to get you in a group. I want to see every one of us become all that God has called us to be. Maybe you're here today, maybe, maybe you're military, and, and, and you came in here by yourself, or, or not military, it doesn't matter, but you came in here by yourself. I don't want you sitting by yourself. When you got a pocket of people, there's somebody to sit with. More importantly, there's somebody to walk with when you're out there. And if you are military, there's actually four life groups, three of them on Wainwright and one on Isleson. And, and, and maybe you like to get off post every now and then, but, but if you're staying on post, there's groups right there ready to meet with you and to walk through life with you. Maybe, maybe you're here today and your marriage, it's in a bit of a rut. Maybe you're even on the verge of divorce. And all the time we get people coming to the church and saying, hey, can a pastor meet with us? We're having trouble in our marriage. And just a couple of weeks ago, I met with a couple and, and they're like, you know, explaining some of the things that are going on. And the very first thing, though, that I ask after I've met them and get to know them for a minute, if I don't already know them, as I say, are you in a life group? Have you ever been in a life group? Are you willing to get in a life group? 
And then I look at the marriage life groups and I say, hey, here's a great life group. Hey, hey, Pastor Cole is doing a marriage life group. He did last time, not this time, but, you know, it, 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 you know or, or, or the servants who have done life group here for like a dozen times. There, there's, there's a marriage life group for you to help you walk through the season of life. And more often than not, what happens is they'll, they'll text me back and go, hey, in fact, they did last week. They said, which one do you recommend? And so whatever season you are in life, perhaps you're, you're already walking through a divorce. And it's a devastating time for you. We have divorce care. We have our care group. That's why we have it, to help you walk through this tough time to heal so people can, can wait with you and weep with you and get you on the other side of that to what God's plan is for your life. Maybe, maybe you've been joining us online for a little while. And man, we are so thankful that you've been doing that. But, but you've been joining us for a while, but you're not connected to a pocket of people. And, and maybe you'll never make it into these doors, but still get connected to a life group to help you become all that God's called you to be. You gotta get connected to a pocket of people. Maybe you're here today and you've been walking through a, a, a life uh, a gripping issue that you just can't get past. You need people to walk with you. We have a care group called Living Free. They'll help you walk through, and whether it's an addiction or whether it's, it's, it's anxiety or, or fear or whatever that's keeping you from, from experiencing all that God has for your life, you can help walk through that. Maybe, maybe you're here today and you've recently been in prison, but you watch this online. We have people every probably couple months come in and say, hey, I was watching you online. I just got out of jail. I just need a change in my life. You know what? You need to get into a pocket of people. You need to make sure that you know how God can use you and help you to get over that next hump in your life so you can become all that God has for your life. There's also other care groups, grief share and cancer care. And you know, maybe you're here today and you just want to be a better parent. Did anyone, anyone in this room ever felt, feel like I did, you know, as, as my kids are now all grown, but you just never felt like you, you were doing everything right? You never felt like you were just the best parent that you could be, especially when your kids were teenagers because they let you know that you're not the best parent <laughs> until all of a sudden they get incredibly smart at 22, 23. Wow, dads, you did know what you were talking about. But, but maybe, maybe you're here like that and there's challenges in your life. Get into a life group and, and listen to what some other parents have experienced. And, and you know, if nothing more, it's always good to know, oh, okay, I'm not the only one. But also they can tell you, well, this is what we did, and this is how we helped, what, helped us get through it and helped our kids just get in a group. Maybe you want to become a better man. You know what? A, a better husband, a better dad. You know, some of you guys, I want to encourage you. There's several men's life groups. One of those in particular, go see Captain Garrett Pyle and, and, and Josh Kleinstra. They run a group called Men's Alliance, and they will whip you into shape, literally. I'm serious. They, they, they work out hard. They go after it. But then, then they have a discussion time where they sharpen each other with the word of God. And it's a powerful time. They're changing men's lives. And how many know, guys, when we change and there's a family that's associated with us, then our families can change. And we can lead the way that God's called us to lead. And maybe, maybe you're a teenager in this room and you're saying, this is a year I want to stand up to peer pressure. I don't want to bend to everything else around me. I, I want to live the way God's called me to live. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. And we can say it like this. Show me your group, and I'll show you what you'll get out of life. Find the right group. Sign up for, for a youth life group. It's been scientifically proven by anyone who knows anything 
I made this up, but it's true. <laughs> that life is better when you're in a group. It's just better. We need those people around us to walk with us, to work with us, and to, to weep with us, to witness with us. So find someone in a blue shirt when you leave out there if you haven't signed up for a life group. In fact, they've been instructed to not let you leave until you've done that. So I don't know why you're laughing. I'm being serious. So, But listen, uh, I, I promise you, you'll be better for it. And others will be better for it because of what you have to supply to them as well. You just bow your heads with me as we wrap up today. And I want to encourage you, for some of you in this room today, maybe you're here today, and we're talking about how important relationships and a group around you is, but you've never, you've never said yes to the most important relationship, and that is with Jesus Christ, the one who loves you and died for you and has great plans for you. Maybe you're here in the room today and you've never said yes to him, or maybe you've walked away, but you want to rededicate your life today. And we say it like this at True North, it's as easy as A, B, C, admit, believe, and connect. If you're joining us online or if you're here in this place today and you want to pray that prayer with me, you can pray it today silently as I pray it out loud. And just say, dear God, I thank you today that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. Today I admit that I, am, I don't have it all together, that, that I'm a sinner, that I'm in need of a savior. And I believe that Jesus lived a perfect life and he died on a cross for me. And today I confess him as my Lord and my Savior. Help me to walk with him. Be my life leader in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. What a fantastic service. Be sure to stay in touch by following us on social media so you can stay up to date with all that is happening at True North Church.